0: Welcome to The Daily Drive, a podcast from Ford Driving Skills for Life that delves into teen driving safety tips and instruction. This podcast will also highlight community awareness campaign ideas and personal stories of tragedy that have led to advocacy. We'll have conversations with the people who work to keep teens safe on the road every day people like traffic safety experts, parents, teens, and professional driving instructors. And with that, I'll turn it over to professional race car driver and the lead for Driving Skills for Life driving instructor,
1: Mike Speck. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life and the Ford Motor Company Fund. I'm your host, Mike Speck. It is still Distracted Driving Awareness Month. In fact, we're in the middle of it, and we are still trying to send out messaging to help people understand the dangers of distracted driving. Look, the facts, the statistics are pretty hard to argue with. The fact is that distracted driving causes vehicle crashes, which in turn cause injuries, and sometimes they cause deaths. It's just irrefutable evidence to those facts. So the question is, how can we help people to stop distracted driving? How can we convince them? We know every day on the roads that people decide to distracted drive. They see others do it, but I guess they feel as though it's not gonna happen to them even though the statistics suggest otherwise. So our guests today are our very own Ford Driving Skills for Life hands-on program distracted driving instructors, Denise Whitman, Evan Davis, and Jeff Fields. They're going to chat with us about how we run that module on our hands-on programs and how we teach newly licensed and permitted drivers and their parents, through their own driving, what the problems are with distracted driving. That's Denise, Evan, and Jeff up next on The Daily Drive. Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Drive. How are you?
2: I'm great. Hi, Mike. How you doing, Mike? Jeff, doing great.
1: It's about seventy-two degrees here in Los Angeles, and even though there are a lot of distracted drivers here, the weather's nice, so that's something good to say for the area. Um, Jeff, let's start with you since you are the lead on our distracted driving exercise on our Ford Driving Skills for Life hands-on programs. Why don't you explain to us real quickly how it is that you introduce the exercise? and what it is that we're trying to accomplish.
3: Oh, sure, Mike. One of the the very first thing that I tell them, and it surprises a lot of the students and parents, is that I am not going to lecture to them about the evils of distracted driving. Because all of us, you, me, the students, the parents, we've heard it a million times. But unfortunately, all that lecturing goes in one ear and out the other. So what we do, we have designed an exercise where the individual student gets to find out for themselves how distracted driving affects their ability to drive properly. Now, one of the things that we do, I let them know that we're gonna do a number of laps, two to three laps, but that first lap is undistracted where they get to learn the course. They they see how easy it is. Well, not necessarily easy, but how it is to drive the course and they and know what an appropriate speed is to go around the course. Then, after that first lap, we bring them in, we have them pull out their cell phone, we're going to have them do something real with the cell phone, such as texting, and we're going to have them try to text a coherent message while they drive the exact same course without hitting any cones, and even more, and also more importantly, speed management. We want them to try to do the same speed that they did on the first lap. Now, what they're gonna find out is that they're gonna have some difficulty. First thing, can they text that message accurately? You know, misspelling, so forth. Also, driving, did you run over cones? Did you go off course? Did you make a right turn when the sign said, make a left turn? And also they find out that multitasking, which everybody seems to take pride in, really doesn't work well on the road because you need to focus on driving or you need to focus on texting and you can't do both of them accurately.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think a lot of people are led to believe that multitasking is possible. The problem is that we can't pay attention to multiple tasks with 100% attention to each task. So something gets lost. And I always enjoy and really enjoy watching uh, the participants drive on this exercise. I guess we should point out that the exercise is in a closed course environment. The course itself is laid out with cones. uh, And a lot of times I'll actually go out there and when I see uh, somebody texting and driving, I'll walk around near the back of the car because rarely are they going more than a couple miles an hour. And they don't even know that I'm there. It's pretty obvious that their sense of Uh, awareness, their situational awareness is really, really diminished when they start texting. Denise, I know you work that exercise a lot. You're one of the instructors that rides right seat and kind of monitors what it is uh, that those newly licensed drivers and sometimes those parents are doing in the cars. What kind of feedback are you getting from them? What priorities do you see those new drivers making when you ask them when you ask them to text and drive? And do you have any quick stories about anything that you've seen that's out of the ordinary in that exercise?
4: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on Mike and I the core I love the course. I have a blast on the course of the kids. It is fun. The kids they they see a lot. I mean, we see everything on the course from cones getting knocked down all over the place. You know, if you're it, when when kids are on their phone texting, whatever it is, messing around the radio, something not paying attention, um, they're gonna realize all the dangers that are gonna happen. I mean, they will run off the road. Like I was just mentioning, they're hitting the cones out there, which those cones can represent somebody that was standing on the side of the road, it got to be an animal, an obstacle. Like you just mentioned too, that you walked around the car and stuff like that. So I know that happens because I usually point that out. I'm like, Hey, did you just see that guy over there by the car? And they're like, Oh no. And I said, that's, you know, you miss all these vital, vital signs, even just like when they're driving on a course, you know, they're missing signs, whether it's a stop sign, a yield sign, you know, not paying attention. There's blow right in through traffic. So we're always pointing out, you know, if, if, you're out on the road like that look what it could have just happened you could have just you know barreled right into somebody or somebody into you um something like that so but it is fun i mean honestly the great kids that we see all the time and you know most of them do know the dangers of texting they'll say i don't but you do get kids that are very very honest about it and stuff so you know i've asked them so what is it about like texting you know what what's the need to grab your phone in the car like why do you need to do that so What I usually find kids will say is they they feel like it's almost like an addiction to them like they just they're so used to just talking I mean they don't don't talk by phone anymore you know voice everything's by texting so it's like when it's almost like they're just waiting for that next text to come in with their friends and stuff like that so and then once that happens they feel like they need to respond right away And it's not just like a one little text. They feel like they have to get into a conversation. So, um, you know, so again, like out on the course, they're doing the same thing as actually as they're doing out on on the road. They're they're trying to have these conversations with their friends and they feel like nothing is going to happen. That's what they say. It just, you know, just seems easy enough. But when they get on our course they realize that that's not the case. And it's actually kind of interesting because when they come out, their first impression is, hey, this isn't going to be that bad. I mean, it looks really easy. It really does. Get in the car. It's a totally different story. They're actually shocked. So it's great for us, you know, to see them walk out of there and go, I don't ever want to text and drive. I'd ever." I'd And one story really quick, it was actually really cute because we had uh, kids in the car. We're driving around. Well, what happens again if somebody's texting and driving? They're sometimes up so one kid just slowed down and he's so busy on his phone just bump it up and he just started driving right off the course and stuff so it was about maybe like 20 feet out depending on how much runoff room and stuff so i finally stopped him and stuff but you know we the kids laugh in the car we have a good time when they run over cones because it is funny but in that moment when that kid ran off the course like that it got so quiet in the car Because it was, I mean, you look at it and you're like, wait, is this kid ever gonna stop and stop? And you see that, I mean, that was just a perfect example. I didn't have to say anything. The kids could see it all right there.
1: Yeah, that's probably pretty powerful messaging. I noticed that you use the word fun a lot. And I think it's important for people watching to understand that we do use an element of fun in our programs because fun is just an incredibly powerful conduit to the brain. Teens are more likely to engage when we make some of the elements of this fun. But as Denise just pointed out, when her particular participant left the course, everybody got quiet in the car, I think because they realize that these mistakes can happen. And when they happen, they also realize that the messaging is serious. It may be delivered in a fun fashion, but the end messaging is serious. We are trying to positively influence driver behavior away from texting and driving. Evan, I've got a question for you toward the end, but I wanna circle back with Jeff here real quick. Um, Jeff, distracted driving is not just a mind thing. I mean, we know it has a lot to do with the mind, but in in our distracted driving module, we also show uh, that there's some physical impairment when people are trying to text and drive. Can you speak to those
3: elements? Sure, Mike, there, there are some physical things, such as the very simple thing of just keeping your eyes on the road and looking down the road. And a lot of times, I, will, I bring this up in the, in the class that uh, the National Highway Safety Transit Administration had done a study of American drivers on how long they take their eyes off the road to read an incoming text message, 4.9 seconds. While we're sitting here talking, that's not a lot of time. But if you're doing 60 miles an hour, you basically have traveled 10 feet short of a football field and a half without seeing anything down the road next to you, anything associated with driving, you're driving blind. And I drive that point home because of course, most teenagers know how long a football field is. So. It gets that point uh, across also. And that when they're texting or even goofing off with their friends in the car playing around with the stereo, their their full attention is not on driving. And they're all aware that things can happen on the road in a split second, but they won't know about it if they're goofing off in the car. And one of the favorite things that I get a kick out of until they come across something on the course is a lot of them think it's cool to drive one-handed. All right, you're driving one-handed, you've got the phone in the other hand. Sometimes they find out, oh my goodness, I'm going off course like Denise was speaking about. Do I drop the phone and accurately try to correct my course? Or do I do it one-handed and now the car is swaying back and forth? They see that and they learn that they do need their two hands to them at all times. And also, speed management. They've seen it, we see it. A lot of times, the minute they pick up the phone, a lot of people will slow down. I've seen it myself, 60 miles an hour on the highway near my house, car slows down to 35. And on some occasions, some people will actually speed up. But either way, the driver does not know what they're doing because they're engaged with the phone. And all of those things are very important Uh, to show them and for them to experience at eight, nine miles an hour on our course versus 35, 45 miles an hour on the way to school every day.
1: Yeah, it it sure does seem that way. And you can see from the outside many times when a driver is trying to negotiate a tighter corner on the course, you'll actually see them get kind of their hands get bound up on the wheel. They literally uh, cannot add enough steering input soon enough to get the car to change direction soon enough to stay on on the course. So there's definitely that physical impairment with the eyes and not being able to move your hands around and obviously the mental impairment. Uh, Evan, you've heard us mention several times now that this course is available uh, for teens and their parents. So it's newly licensed drivers and their parents. And we try to reach out to parents because even though a lot of parents don't believe it, they are the number one influencing factor on their teen's driving behavior. Can you speak to that? Can you give us some messaging from the distracted driving module that's good for parents?
2: Yeah, Mike, absolutely. Um, So one of the things about kids that's really interesting and most of you parents probably already know this. You see this every day from, you know, the time that they're a toddler is they're like silly putty, you know, when you can take your silly putty and rub it on the newspaper and you get an exact copy. Um, so the say, the things that you say and you do influence their development from the beginning. And the same thing's true with driving. They actually have found that as soon as the child seat gets flipped around and they can see what you're doing, they're already starting to pick up some of your driving habits even, you know, as toddlers and small children. So it's really, really important that you have good driving habits that you're going to be, you know, imprinting on them. Um, You know, and especially once they become teenagers, you know, and now they're, they're really starting to pay more attention, especially once they're starting to learn how to drive, because they're getting their cues from you. So You know, the things that you do are going to directly influence them. And this isn't just, you know, necessarily driving skills. This can be things like road rage. This can be things distracted driving. Um, So building strong habits as a parent is going to be one of the number one things that you can do to help your kids be safe on the road. And with that, you know, it can be really, really tough because especially if you've been driving for many years you built these habits over time and it's very difficult to break habits that we've set for ourselves. So I highly encourage you, you know, find some of your bad habits and really work on correcting them and work really hard on it because the more that you can lead by example and drive in such a way that you want your kids to drive, they're going to follow that. Yeah, that
1: is some powerfully good advice. And there is no doubt that kids are going to emulate Uh, their parents' behavior. The other thing that we many times say to parents, and this doesn't just apply to distracted driving, but driving in general, is to stay engaged in the process of teaching your teen how to drive even after they get their license. I mean, learning how to drive is an evolutionary process. It takes time to develop all of that. Listen, I want to thank all three of you for being on the program. I am Greatly anticipating the next time that we all get to work together on a hands on program. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to recall this interview the first time that we do the distracted driving exercise. Thanks again for taking some time out of your day and explaining how our distracted driving program works on the Ford Driving Skills for Life program. See you, everybody. Bye bye. All right, everybody. So uh, that was a great discussion on distracted driving. Again, uh, you know, Jeff kind of made a good point trying to lecture about it many times simply it doesn't work i mean people know that it's wrong to text and drive but they still decide to do it and that's why programs like the ford driving skills for life hands-on programs are so critical to helping your team to become a better driver why because we we show what happens by example We can show them through their own driving on our programs what will take place. The Ford Driving Skills for Life program and the Daily Drive are all free of charge. We provide this education through Ford's philanthropic arm, the Ford Motor Company Fund. Coming up in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some more distracted driving messaging just to help you to understand what the dangers are. Ultimately, look, you have to make the decision on your own as to what you're gonna do. All that we ask is that you make that decision with some level of education behind it. Understand the risks. And I think if you really do understand the risks of distracted driving, you will most likely decide not to drive distracted. This is Mike Speck for The Daily Drive. Signing off, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll see you back here the next time.
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Daily Drive, presented by Ford Driving Skills for Life. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Facebook at Ford Driving Skills for Life and on Instagram and Twitter at Ford DSFL. You can find a video version of this podcast on our Facebook page or on YouTube. We hope you'll tune in again to this podcast for news you can use to keep teen drivers safe on the road.